cell. I rap at the door, my young son Gabriel walks in. My wife says, no, Gabriel, leave. I say, no, let the boy watch. Let the boy watch. Welcome back to Let the Boys Watch, an entertainment podcast brought to you by Going Great Productions. I guess this is episode 12. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the 2000, right? Yes, 2000. Movie Almost Famous. Uh, I'm one of you, course. My name is Robbie. Alongside me is the cuz, America's favorite cuz, Cousin Benny. And oh. alongside the both of us is America's favorite Ryan. <laughs> wow even more than uh gosling and reynolds please they don't hold the candle to you sweetheart my fa- my favorite ryan is paul ryan whatever well, fuck you, ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah this is let the boys watch uh like robbie said an entertainment podcast we just got done doing uh succession season four so if you watched succession and didn't listen to our recaps and award show Go back in the catalog. Check those out Uh, for probably, I don't know, the next at least couple episodes. We're going to do a bunch of movies that mainly Robbie and Benny have not seen, which is an extensive list. You'll be very surprised (laughs) at the type of movies that these two characters (laughs) have not seen. Um, We had a pretty decent list and we put up a vote for three different movies. What was it? Almost Famous, Dunkirk, and what was the other one? Gangs of New York. Gangs, Gangs of New, New York. York. Yeah. Almost famous one. So I was kind of surprised, but it is a very popular movie. A lot of people like it. Uh, it's one of my wife's favorites. So in turn, it is one of my favorites. Um, I guess I wanted to start out with, before we get into the actual movie, what did you guys think of this movie beforehand? Like, did you have any impressions of it? Um, did you think it was going to be stupid or like what? What? Well, what are your thoughts like going into it? So I didn't think it was going to be stupid. I knew that it was kind of highly, highly regarded. Um, I used to think that it was about just a band trying to trying to make it like back in the 60s and 70s. Um, kind of recently, you know, I heard an interview with uh, Jan Winter, who kind of has like a cameo, even though it's not him in the movie. Um, so I kind of got a little background on the movie because they did bring it up. Um but yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't realize it was as highly regarded as it was. Um, I could definitely see why I did have some issues with it. But I mean, we'll get to those when we get to them. But yeah, I, I just never really had any interest in it as as I do with like a lot of movies, because I kind of thought I knew it was just going to be like another movie about a band trying to make it. Robbie. Yeah, I agree with Benny. I didn't think it was um, going to be stupid. Obviously, it was from like reading things or hearing other people talk about it. I knew it was kind of more music centric, which is something I love. So I never really got around to it. It was some, nothing that was, you know, on my radar and not a lot of movies are. Um, I'll just stick to watching Wolf of Wall Street for maybe 60 or 70 <laughs> times. But uh, I thought it was going to be more focused. And I know she had a big part in it, but I thought it was, I thought it was like more focused on uh, Kate Hudson. I thought Kate Hudson was like the main maybe singer or somebody as part of the band. I didn't really know that she was, you know, if it, if this were allowed to say it, quote unquote, a groupie. But oh, um, they're band-aids, Robbie. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I didn't think it was going to be uh, like a feature on a on a band and and anything like that. But uh, I am a, I'm a big, I think I'm a big Cameron Crowe guy, Jerry Maguire, right? Yeah, Jerry Maguire, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, bunch of other never, ones. Uh, say seen, anything. Never seen those. Those are all. Have you, you, you haven't, haven't seen, seen any Maguire? of those movies? Jerry Maguire, not Fast Times, okay. and uh, say anything. Yeah, I haven't I, seen any of those those either. Like. I knew that Cameron Crowe, I guess, was kind of a highly regarded director. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just, I was actually just looking down now at all the different movies he's been a part of. Um, and it's an extensive, extensive list of like really like famous movies um, that I haven't seen. Yeah. A couple stinkers, we'll be honest, but definitely a good amount of really good movies. Um, Vanilla Sky being one that, I don't know. A lot of people liked, but I did not like that movie. But uh, yeah, almost famous. I mean, <clears throat> I saw this so long ago that I can't remember what I what I thought about it going into it. But uh, I've probably seen it at this point. I don't know, minimum ten times, probably more. Um, oh. But yeah. Um, so now, what were your overall impressions? So you know, whatever you going into it, but overall. What'd you guys think? And before we get into that, I just want to let you guys know. I don't know if you looked this up, but currently it sits with a 7.9 on IMDb. Saw that. 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so it's like you guys said, pretty highly or, you know, well received, highly regarded, whatever. But what'd you guys think overall? And g- give me your plum watch at the end of your uh, impressions, please. Uh, Benny, you want to go first? Sure. Before I I do, though, um, I want to plug our Instagram and our email. Fuck. It's, <laughs> it's Fuck. Let, let the boys watch pod on Instagram. We'll put up a new poll this week, probably when, you know, after we drop today's episode. Uh, we'll, we'll come up with three more movies for you guys to vote on. Um, tell a friend if you know someone that likes movies and wants to listen to three jabron heads uh discuss them <laughs> 40 years after they came out yeah uh and email us email us your recommendations if uh if you'd like that or maybe give us your opinions of the movies we've been watching it's ltbw podcast at gmail.com and if you are good with the technology you would find all both of those things in the show notes that ryan so meticulously puts together meticulous uh, <laughs> takes me fucking forever <laughs> for hours hours <laughs> uh he puts those together every week so take a look there and, and you know we're whores for likes subscribes and reviews so please do that as well Thank um you for saving me benny i i fucked up no problem so i liked i liked the movie i, I thought it was better than i expected it to be i liked the litany of character actors and just actors that went on to you know superstardom it's fun seeing uh i forget his name jay baruchel the baruchel yeah yeah like he's like as the zeppelin super fan yeah he's like 12 years old in this movie (laughs) um zoe de chanel uh kate hudson obviously but there's so many people in this movie, and I really enjoyed it. I love the redemption arc of the guitar player in the band. Let me just pull up his name real quick. Russell uh, Hammond. Russell Hammond. There you go. That was my favorite storyline of the movie. Um, I did have a little bit of, of 
an issue with the acting of the guy that played William Butler. He was Miller? very, uh, yeah, yeah. He was very like flat. I felt through like, yeah. a lot of like important scenes, like when he was yelling at Kate Hudson because she wouldn't not. Oh, well, he was trying to tell her not to go to New York. Wake and, up! They yeah. sold you <laughs> for a case of beer. Yeah. I just felt like the acting was a miss in some of those scenes where he had to be like super passionate, but I'm not going to like knock the movie based on that. And he was a young kid, so that's fine with me. But overall, I liked it. Uh, my plum watch score probably be like 7.3, 7.4. Pretty good plum. Yeah. I'd squeeze uh, those plums. <laughs> squeeze your plums. <laughs> Robbie, what about you? Um, I thought it was okay. Um, I think there were some parts of the movie where I got bored at times. I guess I think it might have dragged a little bit in the middle of of the the movie for me. Um, I thought, like Benny said, it was great to see like all these these actors that like you now you've come to love. So many people in it. Um, Anna Paquin, um, Bobby Boucher's girlfriend. I don't know her name. <laughs> yeah, who's a ball? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the only thing i know her from and like if i ever see her in anything i'm 100 like oh baba boucher yeah it was what is she in some like a witch's movie uh the craft the craft there you go and she's also in american history x which is a fantastic movie okay. another one i haven't seen yeah well, um, ed, ed norton's in that Ooh, i love me some ed yeah. norton's i know you do that's why i mentioned it ed norton watch um <laughs> it was great to see like oh my god that's fucking rain wilson or yeah. yeah, oh my God, that's uh, Eric Stone Street as the uh, guy at the hotel. Yep, with the, the, the flock of seagulls there. Yeah, can I call uh, out one more quick cameo before, before you finish? Uh, Mark Marin as the promoter. Yep, from when they had to like go through the gates. You just bought bus. yourself oh, a gate. <laughs> yeah, I had that's... no idea. I'm like, this guy looks so familiar. Yeah, that I picked that one out. That's a good one. Pardon me for a second. <laughs> <laughs> That gas watch. That's yeah, one. A gas watch. I do. That's two. All right. I do one before you guys are talking. Oh, okay. Um, I'm hot take. I'm coming in hot. I did not enjoy Kate Hudson in this movie at all. Me neither. Nothing wrong not with that. I am not a big Kate Hudson fan. I could have done without her. Um, I could have done without uh, William as well. Like you said, I think he did come off a little flat. I think that maybe, you know, if you could have inserted a young Matt Damon in there, that would have been a lot better. Oh, but I mean, what can you say? But I, I, I enjoy like Frances McDormand. Awesome. Fantastic. Amazing. She's the best. Uh, Zoe Deschanel was great. Um, I don't know if I'm switching teams because Billy Kudrup had my my plums watching for the entire movie. Yeah. What a, golden, boy. What a golden God. The, <laughs> I could say the same about uh, Jason Lee. I mentioned on Unofficial Intelligence this week that I was obsessed with Jason Lee and Mall rats. Um, oh, you've but seen he, mall rats? I have seen mall rats, but like not any other Kevin Smith movie. Like I haven't seen Clerks, all that oh. stuff. But oh, I, I was obsessed Mallrats. with mall rats. But to see him with the long flowing locks and the and the beard, he had the plums going. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like somebody like Jason Lee, yeah, my name is Earl. But like, why not any like any more prominent movies? Like he was very good in this movie. I thought he was. And then you had one of my favorite actors of all time. Rest in peace. To Philip Seymour Hoffman loved him in this movie. I know he had a couple of bit parts, but I just absolutely loved him in, in every other movie that he's in. So um, if I have to go with a plum, 
Benny stole my plum, I was going 7.4 as well. I thought it was great. I mean, okay, pretty good, but will I watch it again? I'm probably going to have to say I don't think so. To me, it might be one of those movies that, like, if I'm flipping past it, I'll, like, jump in for 10, 15 minutes. You know, like, if I got nothing else on or I'm waiting for a game to start or waiting for something else to pop on, it was it's good enough to, like, revisit, like, parts of it, I think. Yeah. I also think I've been thinking about this, too, because the position that I was in with this movie was, you know, when you recommend anything, movie, music, restaurant to a friend and you're just like, oh, I hope they like it. And then you're like doing the thing and you like start picking out oh that part. They're not going to like that part (laughs) and whatever (laughs) So you get like. So you don't enjoy it as much as if you're just watching it. Um, That's how I felt. And then. The second thing I was thinking is for you two, you know, this probably to a certain extent felt like a little bit of a homework assignment where like you had to watch it, whereas you didn't want to watch it. Not that you didn't enjoy it, but I feel like that could take away a little bit. Um, And just like with any movie that's been out for however many years, there's no nostalgia factor for you guys where you watched it when you were younger, you're a different frame of mind. I think if I saw this now and never watched it as a younger man, I probably would like it less because I, I don't have, I wouldn't have that nostalgic feeling of watching it as a, you know, whatever 20 year old um, being like, yeah, being in a band would have been so cool. Um, You know, I, I don't have, I wouldn't have that. So, um, so I get it. It's, it's diff. This is difficult to go into and give like a rating that's not clouded by anything, anything else. It's just, it's an, and I'm curious to see how I'll feel if we ever do a movie that I've never seen. I'm very interested to see how I'll feel about it. So I almost like that in a way, like you mentioned the homework part of it, because it makes me be a little critical. I, I feel like I'm famously uncritical of a lot of things. And I just kind of take almost them, famous, almost <laughs> famous. Um, yeah, like I'll, I'll, if I'll always say that if I go see a movie or I go, if I'm watching something, I'll like never turn it off. I'll see, I'll see it through to the end. Cause Hey, I, I need to know how it ends. Yeah. And you know, for the most part, I'm just taking it for what it is. Like, I don't, I'm not super critical, but to have that little, well, I haven't seen this movie in so long and I've lived my life just fine without it, you know, and I want to see what all the buzz is about. Um, it made me, I feel like, like I never really shit on people for acting. So to do that, you know, for the for the young kid and maybe Kate Hudson a little bit, um, you know, it's 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 kind of cool to watch something through the end uh, the lens of like critiquing it. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely good parts and bad parts to both. Um, I would say for me, um, just like overall, it's, it's one of my like comfort movies. Um, so one of those movies when it's just like, I don't want to think, I just want to be happy and like rainy Sunday or I'm not feeling that good or whatever. Um, and I, like I said before, it's one of my wife's favorites. So it's always a good choice if we don't know what to watch to just put that on. Um, I'd say, Plum Watch for me is probably just slightly higher than you guys, like maybe 7.6. 
Like it's it's a movie I really really like, um, but it definitely it has its problems. It's not a perfect movie to me, um, but I love it at the same time. Just so I, you know, people love me and I'm a piece of shit, so <laughs> you can facts, like broken things. <laughs> you know what? The, go ahead, Rob. Oh, real quick. So, like, what makes it Katie's favorite movie? Um. Billy and I'm not trying to. I'm trying to dig it. I'm just yeah, probably Billy Kojo. <laughs> yeah, I'm just probably. saying. Like, if you ask me what, why Wolf of Wall Street's my favorite movie, I, you know, I, I'll give you 35 different things. But you know, I I love Wolf of Wall Street, but it I love the beginning, and I I turn it off almost always right in the middle. I'm just like, all right, that's enough. Like once oh, he starts God. getting investigated, I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I like I. You know what I realized I love is like is like the origin story, like the rise to power. Like I fucking love when like a superhero movie, they find their powers. Wolf of Wall Street, he starts getting all that money. Like I love like a rise. I don't love like the fallout or stuff like that. I don't know. So did you, have you ever seen the movie Blow? I have and I love it. That first like hour of that movie is incredible. But then like you see you know, the damage it takes on his life. And that's, yeah, I always, around that part of the movie, I'm like, I'm still into this movie, but like, damn, like I missed the the feel good of the first hour or so when he's just killing it. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm finding out why it's one of her favorites was, I meant to ask you, Benny, was this, I put this on the list that originalist, is this one of her favorites? It is. She, she loves, she loves this movie. That's why she put it on the list. She was excited to watch it again. I don't think she thought it was going to win the vote either, but I think she was super excited to to watch it again. I did find out, though, the reason that she put Dunkirk on the list yeah. was just, just because she wanted to take advantage of the surround sound and the new TV. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, so the only thing I found, like, I didn't like the sexualization of, like, William. Like, that. that I mean, you know, Obviously, well, we've, we've come so far. Yeah, we've come so far. But he's 15. So is Kate Hudson 16. Is, is she really, though? Yeah. yeah really? I was going to ask, like, was she really 16? Because, like, things that kind of don't really age well. Like, I was thinking the same thing while I was watching that. But I'm like, this is kind of fucking pedophile-ish. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean... That's kind of how it was back then. I mean, how That's many true. if you really look at a lot of the rock stars, like how many of them like really exploited a lot of young women. So like, yeah, it's yeah, Jerry not Lewis it's fucked up. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. Well, That's, that's what I thought. I life. thought when she when she was telling him her age and he was like, oh, I'm 16. And she's like, oh, me too. Or he started at 18 or whatever. Yeah. And I thought she was just proving that like she was lying too with him. She says that line where she's she um Penny Lynn says, Oh, you see, the truth sounds different, or whatever. Right. And I feel yeah. like just the way she was hiding her name, she was doing the same with her age. Yeah. No, I mean, um, it's certainly possible, but um, I mean, from what I've read on the internet and from what my interpretation of that scene was, was that she was 16 um they even okay. like um kind of had like camera crows like defended his you know the fact that 
she was that young, uh, that she was like a manic pixie dream girl, um, that kind of stuff. So, but I think again, like this was, I don't know if you guys know this, but Almost Famous was based on Cameron Crowe's real life. He mm-hmm. toured with the Allman Brothers. Um, so there's a lot of these characters are based on real people that he interacted with. Uh, Penny Lane specifically was based on or is allegedly like a composite of like three different band-aids slash groupies or whatever. And like uh, Russell Hammond is, you know, an actual based on an actual artist and like that kind of stuff. And um, so I, you're, you're both totally right. I agree. But I also kind of think it's like, well, that's what happened. I, I yeah, no, I, I, I get that. And I agree. Like, that's why I, you know, just, trying to view it through a 2023 lens is probably not the oh, way to do tough. it because you're right. Like that's, you know, the sixties and the early seventies was, was a wild time. So yeah. everything that you saw there, like maybe it makes you cringe now, but you know, I'm not, I'm not knocking him for maybe telling the way that it really was. Yeah. No, no, no I got you, but you, you're right. Watching it through this lens is makes it a bit of a different movie. Yeah. Good point, Robbie. Um, yeah, I'm not trying to like again. Like I'm not trying to. That didn't factor into like my my score, or I'm not like ill, ill, disgusting. Like how dare you? Like there's different eras in time where things were socially acceptable, and you have to understand that. And it it really just is what it is. Like obviously 2023 now, this movie comes out, and I'm sure people be up in arms. But you know, it's the times, and that's that's what he went through. Obviously, if it's kind of based off of his life and um yeah i mean didn't but didn't but, affect me but then again you know the three of us go nuts over game of thrones and house of the dragon with incest flying yeah. all over the place <laughs> that's <laughs> true yeah you're right i'm just and, harry hypocrite yeah. and like how many of those you know i mean if you look at the books all those kids are like 12 yeah exactly yeah um but yeah no i mean it's it's totally a good point to bring up. I I don't disagree. Um, and speaking of of William, did you, you guys have a favorite character? I did for sure. Well, Benny, why don't you start? If you for sure had a favorite character, well, I'm gonna. I feel like I'm stealing Robbie's thunder with this one, but I'm gonna oh. go with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman as Lester Bangs. Nice. I just feel like you know, in classic classic Philip Seymour Hoffman just stealing every scene that he's in even though and i oh I, like i almost feel like this is a philip seymour hoffman trope where he's just like that guy on the side right that's chiming Comes in, in gives yeah. advice maybe pops out <laughs> yeah and he's not, not like a part of the main story he is but you know he's he never interacts with anybody else that's like a major <clears throat> player in this movie um but yeah like you know just to I'm someone that definitely didn't appreciate Philip Seymour Hoffman when he was around, except for like along came Polly. But, um, <laughs> great but, movie. Yeah. I just thought he was a scene stealer. My favorite part was when he, when they're talking and he's like, all right, he's like, I can't spend all day talking with my fans. And then <laughs> yeah. cut to they're in the diner having, you know, lunch together and, he, and he's giving them all the advice, but you know, just him in that mentor role and, and ripping cigs in his house and talking about how he never leaves. And just giving him all that advice and like really taking him under his wing. You always kind of expected him to be like, or at least I expected him to be like this scummy character right. that takes advantage of him. And I was like, 
oh, when he got the offer to go to Rolling Stone, he's going to be pissed. But no, like he was constantly on his side and helping him out and being a mentor to him. So he was my favorite. Yeah. And one of my favorite lines in the whole movie said by him is he's like, of course I'm home. I'm uncool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the other one, too, when he was. um, uh, uh, Billy calls him up about the Rolling Stone article he's going to write. And he's like, yeah, yeah it's going to be about Stillwater. And he just hangs up the phone. He's like, he's on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was going to say that 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 probably was one of the scenes in the movie that actually made me laugh out loud when he hung up the phone on him. Yeah, I was dying laughing at that scene. <laughs> Great character, great character. Robbie, who's your favorite character? And is it also Lester Banks? <laughs> well, in true Benny fashion, <laughs> he stole my pick. It was Lester Banks. Um, like I said, I love Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I just think, I don't know. I don't know what it's about him and his acting, but just even the bit scenes that he was in, he just steals everything. He's just, per like, this was like perfectly... This part was perfectly made for him, I think. I just loved everything about him, the advice he was giving him. And like Benny said, usually, you know, you see these scenes in movies where there's like an up-and-coming kid and there's like this little like miserable kind of, not say has-been, but somebody who's been there before and it's like tired and true and, and all like wear and tear. But he was there to give him advice. He was there to offer all these, you know, these helpful hints and, and you know, lead him along the way and, and always be there for him. So... I don't know what it is about Philip Seymour Hoffman's acting style, but I just love it. I mean, he was, I loved him in 25th Hour. I loved him in The Long Came Polly. I'm trying to think what other movies he was in that I saw. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. So Fucking good. Fucking awesome in Boogie Nights. Yeah, it's so good. Um, just, just playing the creepy weirdo, you know, obsessed with uh, Dirk Diggler. Do you guys ever see uh, Big Lebowski? That no. I started that movie and I bailed on it. It just was bail on you. <laughs> I know. I feel like it's going to be one of those movies too. I go back and watch it a second time and be like, "Oh, okay, I get it now." Um, yeah. But but I did want to shout out as like a Ani Mensch was uh, Terry Chen as Ben Fong Torres. So good. I just loved the, his voice for some reason. I thought yeah. it was awesome. Um, and then like kind of weaving it into the Philip Seymour Hoffman when he gives him. The, the notes on what to tell yeah, him. This is gonna blow their mind. Yeah. And he he says it to to Ben Fong Torres. He's just the, the reaction he has is just perfect. So I, I loved him as a little like side character too. Yeah. I loved when uh William shows up to the Rolling Stone offices and he's like, You're William Miller? Yeah. <laughs> oh baby. <laughs> <laughs> he's just so he's so outrageous and like so such a caricature that I don't know. I just found it funny. Yeah, agree. Or, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, too, when he called him at the hotel and the yep. and the girl answers and then the other one. And he's like, get it together, man. <laughs> <laughs> we already have one Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys ever see Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? No, I I have. I have. But, but that's another one where I, I seen, saw it so long ago. I don't don't remember too much about it. Um, so I'd say. Oh, uh, um, go ahead, Robbie. You want to add something? Yeah, because you know I wasn't fucking finishing my point, but you know I'm what? Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, getting back to the Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, that was my favorite. If I had to do a, a few Ani mentions, it'd probably be Francis McDormand as the concerned mom. I feel like so good. Got, 
especially in those movies, you have those like moms who like hate, not hate, but like are so turned off by rock and roll. <laughs> just like freaked out about it. I think everything like, like they're going to do drugs and all the sex and things like that. So I, I loved her as the mom. I think she's a fantastic actress. And I have to go. I mean, even though he was a scum and, and, a, and a piece of shit and redeemed himself at the end, I have to go with Russell Hammond. I thought he was, you know, played perfectly. I mean, the stash and the flowing locks. I mean, I can't say enough about how handsome Billy Kudrick was in this movie. I, I mean, I can't get over it. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring him up as well just because i felt like he played that role so well and you know he if it wasn't like i guess the stories about william but if it wasn't for him like his character for me carried the movie and even though he wasn't i I guess you wouldn't say the lead actor to me he was because that was the storyline that i was the most invested in um and that's what i think carried the movie um but to your point too about francis mcdormand like I like how I like how the characters had a lot of depth to them. Like she could have been like the bitchy, you know, scared mom. But like you kind of got that that feeling that after um, Zoe Deschanel's character left, like she she learned from that and she let William kind of like explore a little bit more. And she like grew as a person, even though she still had her reservations about, you know, the outside world and and you know this this rock and roll lifestyle she allowed him to to explore even though he was only 15 years old okay agree um like i feel like when i first watched it i was like ugh, what a bitchy mom like you know why being so mean but on subsequent watches you definitely you appreciate her character way more um you know she's to a certain extent she's the antagonist a little bit of the film where also i mean it's what man versus man so it's like william learning it's william versus russell hammond to a certain extent trying to get the interview um and it's like him versus mom she's always on top of him you have every time she'd call the hotel and they'd be like you have an urgent message (laughs) (laughs) yeah did anybody um was anybody nominated for like an Oscar Academy Award for this? Yeah, so uh, there was four nominations for this movie. Um, the winning uh, nomination was for screenplay. Um, so <clears throat> Cameron Crowe won <clears throat> Best Original Screenplay. Um, I believe Kate Hudson was also nominated, which is, to me, is a little crazy. Um, Francis McDormand also was nominated. And then they also got a nomination for best film editing, so that's nice. I, I feel like I don't know. I think they could have potentially could have got nominated. He, I thought he was very good in this movie. Very good. I agree. Yeah. It also uh-huh. could have been. I don't know what else came out that year. It might have been like a heavy, you know, um, supporting male actor field or something like that. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Yeah, but no, I I agree. He's one of my favorite characters. Um, I actually I get what you guys are saying before about William um, maybe in, at times being a little flat, but I think he's one of my favorite characters. Um, Lester Bangs, of course, as well. And then, yeah, a lot of the side characters I love. Um, I love the 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 manager. Um, I love uh, the English manager, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
so just some of the like the girls like you know Fruza Balk is really good um Zoe was very good in it um yeah I mean I kind of really like a lot of the characters in this movie um but if I had to pick a favorite mm, I might go William um but Lester Bangs is a, is a really good choice as well my f- one of my favorite parts about William and Lester together um, was that I don't know if you guys noticed, you know, when he was drawing on his uh, like trapper keeper and he was writing like Led Zeppelin and blah, blah. He wrote Lester Bangs on it. I was just like, that's so weird <laughs> really? to write. Yeah. To write a, a writer's name on your binder. He, he did. Write. I forgot that he wrote Lester Bangs. I'm like, who is yeah. who's this guy's name? But then, of course, there you go. I, I'm an idiot. Yeah. No, so, um, all right. So, those are your favorites. What about your least favorite? Who did whose guts did you hate, Robbie, in this Oof. movie? I think we might all have the same answer, possibly. I think we do. Too. Oh wait, breaking news! My wife just says, "I love the time period, the story, the whole feel of it." He's this young kid living his dream, and he hasn't even graduated high school. It just makes me happy. Okay, I agree I like with it. that. Yeah. That's good. And I also want to say, like. I know it's a movie, but he was very impressive as like just a writer and and even interviewing like someone quite like even when he asked um, Russell like what makes I guess like you write a love song or what makes you write you have to be in love to write a love song yeah I was like holy shit that's fucking amazing question to ask as a fifteen year old like I know it's a movie but still it's still a great question to ask and I was like wow it's that's great it's cool I like but I think uh, I'm pretty sure. Cameron Crowe was like did that like had articles written um based on his time with like Almond Brothers and some of the other groups he was with. I like too how his questions progressively got better through the whole movie too. Like the first one I think he's just like why music or whatever, but yeah. The other thing too I liked where you know, I feel like it avoided a lot of tropes where he actually did follow his morals like he didn't get involved in the drugs and the drinking and all that kind of stuff um so again like that 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 was like you know i was like, waiting for that moment where he just goes off the rails but he never does yeah and i didn't mention i want to mention you already did but i also love jason lee in this movie yeah so good i love jason lee in most things he does so shout out to him yeah and, and one go ahead robbie and then, like one funny part too is when they brought out the T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and all their faces are pixelated except for Russell's face, and he freaks out. Yep. And I'll just say what everyone else is thinking: <laughs> your looks have become a problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was a good one. Yeah. And I, I saw. I, yeah, I don't know if we're doing like we do. Oh, the at the end when they um they go back on tour. And the uh, top of the bus says, "What does it say about the airplanes?" Like, uh, no more airplanes. Yeah, no more airplanes. Story, yeah. <laughs> that gave me an LOL too. So, as far as my least favorite character, I will have to have to go with uh, Kate Hudson. I just didn't think that. Um, I don't want to say believable. I just felt like there could have been so many, so many better actresses to play that part. I don't know. I, I've never gotten the appeal of her. Um, as an actress, I've never really watched anything she was in. I'm like, wow, this this person's like blowing me away in this scene. I don't know what it is. There's something about some actresses and actresses I don't, I just don't like. And I, I sometimes I can't 
uh, put a pin to it, but I don't know. I just didn't, she didn't seem believable. I just don't think she's a good actress. I feel like there's so many more younger actors. I, I feel like Anna Packham could have been fantastic in that, in that, that role. I think she, I, I, she's an, an Academy Award winner. Uh, I'm trying to think who else, but yeah, it's just my least favorite character. I don't know. I didn't, I like how at the end she obviously, um, you know, was for William, but in, I didn't really like in the beginning how kind of she was stringing. I'm really stringing along, but kind of just playing with him and playing with his emotions in in, in that uh, in the, those few scenes. Yeah, I thought too. Again, the same thing that you know William suffered from, where there were just certain moments in the in the movie where I, I needed more emotion from her, and she just kind of played it, you know, kind of neutral for me. Yeah, no, I I agree, and I agree now. I think if you asked me um, when I first saw this movie or even 10, 15 years ago, I might not have said Kate Hudson because to me, she kind of represented like the cool girl. And back then I was like impressed with that type of woman. And like now I'm kind of like, all right, chill out. Like, you don't you don't need to impress everybody. Um, yeah. Like that scene where she walks into the party and she does the the flight attendant speech. I'm just like, oh, stop it. Yeah, that, that was annoying. Stop. But I definitely 100% get, you know, we've all dated a girl like that um, and tried to impress girls like that. Um, looking at it now from my aged eyes, she just kind of annoys me. Um so I guess I I guess I agree. I don't think there's really anyone else. Maybe Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> oh, I love Jimmy Fallon. I mean, I do. I like him, but he he was kind of like eh, in the movie. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I felt like she. I think William was kind of right about her that she's she puts on the airs about like you know enjoying this lifestyle and who she is, but in reality, she has no one in the real world like that. He kept saying like, oh, well, what's what's this real world world that you're talking about? Right. And she's just like delusional, a delusional person. So in that regard, like I felt bad for her because I do think she was, you know, she wasn't real and she was just, you know, masking all of, you know, whatever hurt she had or the loneliness or anything like that. Yeah, no, agree. Um, Just like every other not just cool girl, but cool person. A lot of cool people are just acting that way just for whatever their reasoning is. Yeah. Well, Ryan, I want to yes. thank you for your subway to my least favorite, favorite character, because it was 100% uh, Jimmy Fallon as Dennis Hope. He <laughs> respectfully. Respectfully. Immediately took me out of the movie. Like, and I know, again, this is one of those things where you're looking, you're watching this movie for the first time in 2023 where Jimmy Fallon is who Jimmy Fallon is now. That's the problem. Yeah. And he walks in and you're like, this, this does not fit at all. Like, I'm sure back then, I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure he was on SNL at that point, but like, maybe I think like he was, I'm pretty very sure early was. on. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I had all these images of like characters that he plays on the, you know, the clips I've seen from the tonight show where I can picture him as the tight pants guy, you know, that everybody's <laughs> talking about my tight pants. Like, I, I, as soon as I saw him, like, that's what popped into my head. It took me out of the movie. Um, so I, you know, I don't know if any, he does play such a small role in the movie that, like, it really, he shouldn't have this much hatred from me. But yeah, he took me out of it. Any scene 
that he was in and I just couldn't I couldn't deal with it. Are you not a big Jimmy Fallon guy? I I don't hate him, but like I I don't prefer him. I don't, I wouldn't like seek him out in any way. Like I, th- I thought he was good on SNL in moments, but again, just not my it's not like anywhere near my top favorite uh comedians or anything like that. He yeah, he always he always annoyed me in in SNL. Like he always broke in scenes i feel like the way he was a bit player and wasn't kind of featured in like he i feel like he always took the uh the, i guess a limelight away from people in skits by always like breaking character and then like even his fake preposterous laughing on uh the tonight show annoys a shed of me so yeah but i did like him in this movie for some reason i don't know i don't know why yeah but, i like him i agree i kind of like them but like Benny's kind of saying what I was thinking where it's like in 2000, I really liked them. But now I just, you know, you, all you think about is just all the stupidity that he's been involved with since. And you're just like, eh, I don't know. There's just just so much of a body of work from him now that him walking on screen for me, I was like, Oh man, like of all the people right now, like this is just not hitting for me. I also dis very much disliked the girl that was mean to William at Rolling Stone. Deny, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, fact she, checker. Yeah, she wasn't nice. Um, I do have uh, some some trivia here. Please, do you know that Brad Pitt was supposed to play Russell Hammond? I did know that, but he did. He said something like he didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brad. Okay. And like Sarah, I don't know who Sarah Polly is, and then like Natalie Portman as well. Natalie Portman, Fox. Oh, uh, that would have been nice. She's she's my fave, one of my faves. Uh, oh my god, so beautiful. Long Island's own. Poof, Long Island's own. How you been? Funny story. She was at uh, the same prom venue as I was at in the year 1999. Really? Yeah, but there was security all over the place because. Phantom Menace had just come out, so people were like all trying to get eyes on her, and it wasn't happening. Oh, she was in high school at the time. Yeah. Oh wow, wild. Unless someone lied to us and said Natalie Portman was in that room and she wasn't, which is very possible. She might have been. You never know. I'll just say that I was in the same room as Natalie Portman once. That's my claim to fame. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'll allow it. Get her on a pod. Yeah. Right. Hey, Natalie, I know you're listening. Come on the pod. Talk about uh, one of your movies that we that Robbie and Benny have never seen. <laughs> <laughs> so a little more trivia. The year that this came out for the Oscars, it was going up against movies like Gladiator, Chocolat, Crouching yeah. Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Aaron right. Brockovich, yeah. uh, Traffic, Good. Castaway, Good. Pollock. Um, so Good. there was Requiem for a Dream. So there was a lot of heavy hitters that year. Um, yeah. and you know, just based on the reputation of a lot of those movies, I could definitely see why it wasn't really up there in a lot of the character categories. Yeah, it's kind of like a I feel like oftentimes, like a feel good movie typically doesn't get as much shine as like a movie that I don't know explores the depths of human depravity, like Requiem for a Dream or something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's tough to go up against things like that, yeah. Good trivia, guys. Um, so, all right, 
let's talk about scenes. What was your favorite scene in this whole movie? Why don't you Probably lead us deep. off? Yeah. Ryan? You want me to lead you off? Yeah, lead us off. Um, this is going to sound really weird, but my favorite scene in the whole movie is the opening credits when They're he's right. writing with the pencil. I don't know why, but I fucking love it. I absolutely love it. Um, now, for actual scenes, maybe, the, I mean, maybe when when Russell comes, uh, gets sent to William's house and, you know, kind of redemption. Um, I don't know. There's a bunch of good scenes. The I don't want to take all of them, but you guys go and then I'll give my my Annie Menches. Robbie, go ahead. I have yeah, two of my favorite scenes. I think I don't know. I don't know. My my one favorite scene is when they're on the plane and it it's looks like one. they're about to about to oh sorry. <laughs> I'm glad you did. Right. <laughs> Got some my bad <laughs> retribution. Yeah, so I was I was thinking like is this gonna be my favorite scene? Because I really enjoyed it when they're just all, all just fucking freaking out and then they're just just letting everybody have it. Uh <clears throat> Jason Lee's character is banging Russell's uh, girlfriend and spoiler alert. Wife. His wife. Yeah. Jimmy Fallon, fuck, Jimmy Fallon killed somebody, hit and run. <laughs> yeah, in Michigan. That was funny. I like see his that, face every day. Yeah. Like that, that part probably was the funniest part of the movie when he just blurted that out out of nowhere. And, I, and it's funny because like that part, I really, th- I thought Jimmy Fallon did really well. Like the acting in that specific scene, yeah. It's the scene when he first walks in that I'm just like, when he's pitching them, fucking Joker, like, and not like the Batman villain. You're just like, like a clown. Yeah. So then I just felt like, I I felt like everybody was kind of, um, you know, scared for their life, and I, I don't know what it was about with Russell. Like, just was like, whatever, whatever is to be is to be. Like he just didn't care. Like he didn't really show any kind of emotion there. The co-pilot <laughs> just making me laugh, just <laughs> freaking out. I thought that was hilarious. And he finally comes out and he's like, we're alive. We made it. <laughs> we're going to make it. Uh, I, I love too. It just ends where like the, the storm magically ends as soon as the drummer's like, I'm gay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and yeah, then everything was... just levels out. <laughs> he's like, if I just wait, he's like, damn it. If I just waited like fuck, five more minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, and yeah, but also like to Benny's point about William, like even in that scene, he would just he just kind of annoyed me with like how he was just I don't know his acting annoyed me in that scene when he was like, I guess defending Penny Lane or Lady Bird Johnson, whatever her name is. <laughs> but uh, and then my auntie mentions what you said, Ryan. I thought that that I do love a fucking great redemption. I do love you know a nice little character arc coming around, and I really loved. Um, when Russell came back and, and you know, gave William an interview because that pissed me off when they fucking didn't corroborate the story and screwed William over. Yeah. So my pick was originally the plane scene. I thought, you know, everything that Robbie said uh, was great. I, I, that was just the scene that I was most invested in. Um, I thought it was awesome. Um, great, great insight by me there, but uh, <laughs> I will p- pull my Ani Mensch up to my favorite scene, and it's kind of a part one and a part two, but it's when Frances McDormand is on the phone with uh, Russell, and she's like yelling at him, and he's just like, "Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am." And then when he ends up at the house, 
the way you know just the way she talks to him and i th- i thought they had good energy together um so i i like that i like the the dynamic between the two of them now did you think that he, he was going to be at kate hudson's house did you see a little twist coming because i didn't only when they pulled up and i saw the house uh the way that she left off with him and the way I think her story was being told where she didn't need him anymore. I didn't feel like she was giving him the right address. So I guess to me, the only other person that it could have been was Williams, especially after he fucked William over with Rolling Stone and said that everything was a lie. Mm -hmm. So there's still, you know, I had some, had some doubts that she was giving him his, her real address. Oh, and my favorite scene, sorry, is when Kate Hudson boarded that plane to Morocco. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Get out of here. No, I mean, that scene, all the scenes you guys mentioned, I loved. I loved all the scenes with Lester Bangs, obviously. Um, <clears throat> the When he's in the radio station, fucking digging around the records. Yeah. Dancing. Doing the that weird dance. Um, <laughs> You know, anything at the Rolling Stone offices was good. Um, even, you know, some of the, the music, uh, the partying, like it was all, I enjoyed a, a vast amount of this movie. There's only like a few little pieces that I'm kind of like, eh, about. And I think that might be, again, just with age where I'm just like, eh, all right, like that's enough. Um I- I think too, like you know, the Golden God thing was <clears throat> is like kind of the one thing that everybody references from this movie, or maybe there are a lot more references out there that I just haven't picked up on. But um, so I did want to stray away from picking that scene, but I did love. Uh, why do I keep? I keep forgetting Russell's name. I did like how Russell acted that whole scene leading up to that. Yeah, you know, good. when he's when he's in the room, he's like, "You're real, man. Like." <laughs> This is real. That's real. And, I grew up with that lampshade. Yeah, yeah. I I love that his little uh lost uh night there. Yeah, imagine if you, like you were those like that was a party you were at in high school, and some fucking rock star shows up. Like yeah. that people would talk about that for the rest of their lives, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like too when you know the when they get he gets back on the bus and they're all singing "Tiny Dancer." And that's like, oh like, yeah, that's probably. I would say that's actually probably the number one scene for most people. I'm pretty sure that's my wife's favorite scene. Um, I don't, I didn't love that scene only because of Kate Hudson ruined it. (laughs) 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 You are home. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. She, she she ruined so many scenes. I think, I don't know. I just, Natalie Portman, why didn't she say yes? I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I lo- loved a lot of those scenes. Um, but what was your, did you have a least favorite scene? And don't just say anything Kate Hudson was in. <laughs> um, so I'll go first because I, it's not a Kate You don't Hudson want Robbie scene. to steal it? Yeah, now now we're in a battle, me and Robbie. <laughs> um, but I, I'll say it's the uh, underage rape of William Miller. Like that, I just felt like that was, I get why it was part of the, the plot, but it feel it felt a little like I didn't need that in yeah. the movie. And again, you know, looking back on the twenty twenty with the twenty twenty three lens, you know, I don't know how old those girls were, and he's fifteen, so you know, it just felt a little like 
uh, I didn't need a little uh, statutory rape in my on my <laughs> Sunday afternoon or Monday <laughs> afternoon. I think they were like teenagers too, but yeah, we don't we don't know. But that's the problem too, right? Like if you're gonna if you're gonna be telling the story of kids, right? You can't have one person the correct age and then like twenty four year olds, right? Like William is young and he looks young. And if everybody else around him is supposed to be his age, then get either younger kids or just make William a little older, an, an older actor, even if he is, you know, still quote unquote 15. Right. So that's why it just felt like, and then seeing him in the skibs afterwards, I was just oh, not please <laughs> all about fucking dirty ways. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone knows that would have lasted like maybe four seconds. Uh, maybe he's a little, you know, closet pod. Yeah. Maybe. You never know. Yeah. He's good. He's he's good with his pencil. Maybe he's good with his. He's got a number two. He's good with the fine motor skills. Yeah. Um, Robbie, you want to go next? Yeah, I think my favorite scene is my least favorite scene was. Uh, I didn't really have a least favorite scene. I mean, anytime Kate Hudson appeared, yeah, <laughs> me creating a stomach pump. Maybe it was my least favorite scene. No. Um, it was, well, that was a hard scene to kind of watch. Yeah. Like, and actually, I thought that was her best, like, acting was that whole scene. And then the scene after when they were walking around the park. Yeah, that, that was she a good scene. She wasn't too. trying to be cool. She was just being a person. Yeah. I guess if I have to go for my, my least favorite scene, I like, as far as, like, I think it would have been when uh, they kind of Russell kind of screwed him over with the story. Yeah. It's, it's not like a sh- like a oh I hate this scene so much, but part of the movie where you think that Russell kind of turns a corner and you know is because the whole movie feel like he's just like leading William on to not not tell the story or you know all right when we get to Cleveland I'll tell you all right now when we get to New York I'll give like just come to and like every different city they stopped at I would I'll give you the story I'll we'll get the interview so him kind of screwing William William over kind of didn't sit right with me and that's that's why it's my least favorite scene because it just hurt because he was so invested and at the end he tells him just just write you know write the truth or write whatever you want and then after talking to the bandmates he kind of fucking he makes, yeah, he fucks him over, and that's why it would be my least favorite. Not because I hated it, but just how Russell handled it. So I, I think maybe I'm, I read too much into it. But what I got from that, him screwing William over, it wasn't to screw William over; it was to screw the rest of the band out of like the having the the Rolling Stone cover and having the story. Like I don't know because I think he did honestly mean it when he said just write whatever, and then he had that argument. And he was almost like, you know what? Fuck these guys. Like, you know, I'm not giving them the cover of Rolling Stone. Like, I'm going to kill this story because I don't want them to feel like they, you know, they got something out of that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, maybe I'm I'm looking a little too deep into that, but that's kind of how I, I viewed that part. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I think I don't think it was that, but that does make sense. Um, but I think you're little fingering it a little bit. Yeah, I could be. I, that's that's how I, you know, I thought that too as I was thinking. I was like, maybe, maybe I'm going a little too deep into this, but yeah. I don't know. I feel like he, he did have that connection with William towards the end, like, and I, I think that was a realization. He again, you know, this is me projecting out, right? But like, 
the reason he did want to apologize to William in the end was because I don't think he realized the effect that it would have had on William. Right. The enemy. Yeah. The enemy. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't think of it like that, Benny. I mean, it's it is a good point. Um, because like you said, they were arguing in in that scene, and him trying to screw them over probably, you know, could be something potentially that he was trying to do. I just yeah. don't have. I just don't have the uh, the golden god brains like you to uh, <laughs> yeah. to figure that out. <laughs> because like I, I th- because even you know Russell said like when uh, you know when Jason Lee was listening to all of his grievances about. The article Russell was like, well, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe he might have, if I'm going to dive deep into it, he might have been um, trying to protect the band because they were so upset about it. And and so many times he, or I, I don't know if he did it purposely, but their biggest criticism of him was that he acted above them and that he was better than them. So maybe he was like in this instance being like, ah, maybe I should do the right thing and, and protect my bandmates, even though, you know, what William said is true kind of thing. Cause they yeah. were so upset about it. Like his, his life kind of blew up because his wife kind of figured out about Penny Lane and like whatever, but like the rest of them still had probably girlfriends, wives at home or whatever else. So um, yeah, no, I could see that. And I think honestly, it's <clears throat> it's probably the don't think too much. You know, I think that's kind of the storytelling style, the whole movie where that, you know, it wasn't necessarily something you had to think too much about. So you guys are probably more right, I think. But, you know, that's just kind of how I took it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I thought of that too. Not in that scene. I forget when, but they're obviously still a band because of the the you know they show you the next tour unless russell left the band or something which you don't really see um yeah so i don't I th- think he was trying to screw him no 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 but it just maybe in that moment you know yeah, again look, look, we don't have to go too deep into the to the you know my theory here but <laughs> i think towards the end he was just making amends with everybody at that point like he he wanted to make amends with penny lane he wanted to do right yeah. by william he wanted to do right by the band you know, he came to that realization, but anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Um, I'd say, I don't know if I really have a least favorite scene, probably maybe the, the airline, uh, the flight attendant scene Kate Hudson did in the hotel party. It just, it just annoys me. I don't know why. Like, why was it? <clears throat> I don't understand like why you would do that. Like, it's yeah. just so weird. well, to call attention to yourself. Hey, look who's here. Yeah. True. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, because so I don't know. So many of the other scenes are good. I like I like most of the other scenes. So I'm gonna go with that one, just because I don't have a great answer. I do have a little Ani Mensch for this Please. one. It's the when let me pull up her, the the character's name so I don't just keep calling her by the act- actress. Um, but when Anita sees William in the airport, like I don't know, that was man. Annoying. I, I didn't. I I wasn't getting good. Like Zoe Deschanel, like definitely evolved as an actress. Like I know you guys gave her a little bit of props in the beginning of the pod, but I don't know. I felt like she was she wasn't that of great of an actress. Um, and that scene, maybe it's just because it's the two of them and they're both not great actors at that point. Um, it that that scene just kind of you know for for that you know that reuniting of those two characters, it fell flat for me. You have a good day. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, I agree. That was that was very awkward. And yeah, I I told it when I watched, it, I was like, "This is fucking creepy." Like they, yeah. they haven't seen each other in like I don't even know how many years. Who knows or months? And it was just like awkwardly acted. Yeah, you know, you know what scene I loved with Zoe though is when Russell shows up, and Francis McDormand is like, "He's he, uh, Russell's like, is she here?" She's like, "Who, Anita?" And yeah. Zoe Deschanel just like. Does the pose? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love that scene. Um, no, nah, yeah, it's a good Ani Mensch. I'm trying to think. I I can't think of any other ones that I'm like ick about. So many good ones. Um, I guess let's move on then. Um, all right. So I think we all liked this movie. Um based on our ratings and stuff we're saying, but there's always room for improvement. So do you have any ideas on how you would have made this movie better? Robbie, you want to start? Benny, you want to start? Rob? Um, Robbie's thinking. I don't, I don't know if you could have made the movie any better. Maybe less Kate Hudson, obviously. <laughs> it, w- it would have made the movie a lot better for me. Um, again, I'm not going to look at it in a 2023 lens with all the the like rapey stuff or the creepy like underage things between Williams and the other girls. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what could have made this movie better for me. I think if you're trying to tell a story about an up and coming band trying to make it and a young writer following them around. I think you have all those, those hijinks that would ensue, right? You have the band, you have the douchey members of the band, you have the infighting between the band, you have them kind of not trusting this young writer. And then you have William being kind of naive and not really getting the story until like the final moments of like the tour. Um, that's a tough one. Maybe if like Benny has something a year or something, and then it, like something catches my, you know, in my head. But I think that it was a good enough movie that nothing really needed to be kind of changed except for those little like rapey scenes. And again, Kate Hudson being replaced by somebody more capable of like a capable actress. Like just put Frances McDormand in his scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Make her be the group. <laughs> yeah, please. To me, I mean, we kind of touched on it a a few different times throughout the episode, but just the recasting of Kate Hudson, the recasting of Jimmy Fallon would have gone a long (laughs) way for me. Um, You know, and I'm on the fence about recasting William because I I do like him as William. Like, I I don't know. There's nobody like off the top of my head that I would say, well, it should have been this person. Um, you know, if it that movie was made five, ten years ago, it would have been Michael Sarah, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. But um, yeah, you know, I, I just think the movie, I don't know, maybe it would have went up a point or a half a point for me if if though like because those are such central characters to the movie that if it was if it was really nailed with the actor or somebody with better acting chops, um, maybe I would have enjoyed it a little bit more and wouldn't have been so critical. Uh, but to me, that that would be it, uh, the the recasting of those two and potentially three characters. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think I think overall it was well casted. I, I like William. 
I like uh, Patrick Fugit as him. Um, I think, and it's funny because we actually watched the director's cut uh, this weekend. We never watched that before. And now I know why the editor got nominated for an Oscar because the theatrical release is, I think, way better and much tighter. Um, the director's cut, like it adds some things, but I felt like it, it was just super bloated. It didn't add that much that I wanted. And I think the main thing that I would have liked to see more is more about um, all the different hotels, like the Riot House and, you know, all the different hotels that they went to um, in all the different cities, because those look fun as hell. You just see, you know, and I know it's tough to cast like David Bowie and fucking guys from Zeppelin and whatever. But like, I would have loved to see like a little more uh, of like all the other bands and them playing around and like doing that stuff and maybe um, focus, I don't know, focused a little less on some element. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know if, if any of our ideas would make it that much better, but yeah, maybe a couple points here and there with a, a recasting here or there or <clears throat> a little bit more of, of that era's music, but it wasn't a movie about that era's music. It was a movie about the writer, about um, William, so... But I, I did feel like the the music did, you know, it, it was good for the movie and it, and it helped move the story along. And it it definitely fit the the story that they were telling Robbie as our resident music god. Yeah. What did you think about the uh, music in the movie? Oh, I loved it. I mean, obviously, there was a bunch of <clears throat> songs that were playing throughout the movie that I knew already. I was able to uh, um, Shazam. America by Simon and Garfunkel. I didn't know that song. That was a good. That was a good song. If I had to go for a plum soundtrack, as far as movies, I do think Forrest Gump is is still my number one. But I would put this in the top ten for soundtracks to a movie. I do enjoy all the uh, the songs that were featured in this in this um, movie. So I was definitely pleasantly surprised and happy that of the song choices. What do you think of um, the the songs, the original songs for the movie. I know you got like snippets and stuff. Uh, the Stillwater songs. Any, any, any of those jump out to you? Was were they playing a Stillwater song at the end in the closing credits? Uh, because I, don't I remember. tried, I tried Shazamming it and I couldn't get the song. Maybe. So if that was a Stillwater song again, that was my favorite one. I do like the one where Jason Lee was at the piano and just got up and started fucking rocking yeah. and rolling. Yeah, me too. I was going to say, man, I, I enjoyed all those songs. Like, I honestly wish they released like full tracks because for you always, when you see a, a movie about like a fictional band or something besides School of Rock, like the, the, the songs always like you could tell they're made for a movie. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, they're not like, a re, like real songwriters or people that have experience writing rock and roll songs or whatever um wrote those songs so i i enjoyed the music and i almost wanted to hear like the whole things like especially that the one scene i forget where they're at i think it's like that gym that they're in that huge gym when they're like jumping between a bunch of different songs that they yeah. played like each one i was like all right it's a little it's a bop like i can i can fuck with this yeah the, th the thing i like the most is like i want my lead singer to be believable like I want my the band to be believable, and I think 
I really do think like Jason Lee was very believable as a lead singer. And I do think Billy Kudrup was believable as a guitar player. Like that's what makes it for me. Like if there was people that weren't believable, I'm trying to think of some movies that like where these people weren't believable and kind of ruined it for me. I'd have to do some research, but yeah, this, this is very believable. And that's what I enjoyed the most. Ryan, we're looking up. Still, I'm trying to figure out the yeah the song, um, but Fever uh, Dog, Fever Dog, yeah, that was that was a good one. Um, I'm, I'm trying to look at like who, like I'm trying to look up right now. Maybe I should have did it early, but like, was there anybody else considered to play William? And I'm trying to find that. And I don't know if I can find it. While you guys uh, looking that up, I'll, I'll give I'm I think give so. Roses to School of Rock, which is one of my favorite. It's a good favorite one. movies, and I love. Jack Black and I love the original songs that they have in that movie. So that's you know that that was my bar, and and they they did well to to meet it, you know, with their original stuff. So uh, yeah, I was super. That was one of the things I was super impressed by. Nice. Um. Yeah, no, I can't find it. I, I'm wasting time here trying to look for it. Um. <clears throat> any any anything else about any of these? categories that we talked about that we forgot or wanted to add that you thought of it um i'll give a shout out to the that you know we we mentioned it briefly with mark maron but the scene where <laughs> uh russell gets shocked like that was you know such a like a 1960s thing too where like the, the mic could be hot like that yeah um i thought it was just like a cool little throw in and like a you know it wasn't like a, a major storyline um but, you know, I did and I did appreciate that they brought it back up with Jimmy Fallon's character when he was like, you know, if if you had a real manager, if that would have happened, that would have made sure you stayed. And, and like it helped sell yeah. him as like, you know, a legit manager. Um, I just, yeah, respectfully. I just thought it was a, a cool little throw in scene um, that ended up paying off later on. Supposedly that really happened. I don't forget to whom, but maybe that's why it hit with me because I, I felt like I've I've heard of something like that happening before, like Led Zeppelin or something like that. Yeah, no, I wasn't that, but it was. I forget. I read it recently. Um, but yeah, no, that again, and and there's so many scenes that we're leaving off the table. Um, but we like Robbie said, it can't be a 97 hour podcast. I'm 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 impressed with, with the the depth we went into this with. I was like thinking about what the pod was going to be like going into this. I was like, it's going to be like a thirty minute podcast. <clears throat> yep. But you get the three of us idiots together, and here we are an hour and a half later. What do you think the most boring topic that we could talk about <laughs> would be? Because I think we probably could talk about the stupidest shit for the longest time <laughs> yeah i don't know man i honestly i was like oh this might be a like watching the movie i was like this might be a rough one for us to start off with i was like i don't really see how this conversation is gonna go too long like i'm gonna feel like oh, i'll be like yeah the movie's good and then i won't have too much to say about it but uh, i'm happy you know i'm happy how, how in depth we went yeah. i agree I was very nervous. I'm like, this is going to be a 20 minute podcast. <clears throat> I was like, I don't really know if I have anything to say, but like you said, even just when we talking, the three of us, like you just, just Brian says something. Okay. Bounce an idea off. And then Benny, and then everybody just bounces ideas and you remember parts of the movie. But I think still water love comes and goes is when Jason Lee's on the, on the piano and gets up and I might have to go 
put a little fucking Stillwater playlist on my Spotify right now. You better share that. <laughs> they were rocking and rolling. I loved it. The fever. <laughs> the only song that Jason Lee actually sung in that movie was when they sang the song at about Rolling Stone at the Kansas City Steakhouse. Yeah, you could tell. Yeah, he did not sing in that movie. <laughs> yeah, no. One last thing about Jason Lee. I loved when they left him at the rest stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the other um scene too I liked was the uh when Penny Lane does go to that steakhouse and they're all having that great time and then they, you know they end up locking eyes and everything and they're like, Oh, who's she with? And everybody at the same time is like, Oh, she's with yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was saying to uh Katie when we were watching, I was like it's so it's such a like i don't know it's it's for lack of a better term it's so rude that she went there when yeah. she knew that now what they were doing was wrong to begin with but when she knew that Russell's wife was going to be there she clearly was trying to start shit yeah and then gets like super upset like what did you think yeah you were going to see yeah like i that's that that was my point i was like you know yeah all right she wanted to stir the pot but when she gets really upset, it's like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, come on. Yeah. But she did look nice in that dress. She did with the hair up. She yeah. Did. She did. She's a beautiful girl. Yeah. Shitty uh, actor. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Didn't you ever see How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Robbie? Yeah, she pissed me off in that movie, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just like a you know, how far we've come in movies and, and, and TV shows in the last 10, 15 years where, I mean, you look at something like uh, House of the Dragon or Succession where even like Ted Lasso, where everybody from the top to the bottom is just just like crush it as actors and right. just super believable. And, you know, it's, it's almost I don't want to say hard going back and watching a movie like this, but because I'm sure a lot of the movies that we're going to go through, we could have similar um critiques of but it makes you really appreciate where the entertainment industry is now with just the amount of talent because like you know back then you know i don't want to i really don't want to pile on kate hudson but you know she was probably cast in that role because she's gorgeous and like that was the main qualifier where now like you're looking for that in in newer tv shows and movies but they also are fantastic actresses Right, and, and even that, like you say that, make that point about now when everybody's like top to bottom. Like even like back then, maybe I'm, I don't know if this point is true or not, but I feel like somebody like Quentin Tarantino, like he, I don't, I don't think that he ever misses like with an actress in in any of his movies. I think Uma Thurman, um, Margot Robbie, um, what the hell's her name in Inglorious Bastards. Oh, she's my favorite too. She's from uh, is she from National Treasure? Is it Naomi? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um oh, oh no. Diane Kruger. Diane Kruger. Uh Carrie Washington, like all these actors. Like, yeah. I mean, but, but it's like you were talking about too the other day. It was you, Robbie, right? When you're talking about Sopranos, where yeah, Sopranos was awesome, but like it was Gandafini, um, Edie Falco. Falco, and then like just a bunch of fucking knuckleheads. Yeah, and it ruins it. It does ruin it for you because somebody like, like you said, like somebody's some of those actors in that in The Sopranos is like, gee, like AJ, you suck, buddy, and like Meadow, <laughs> and like 
the 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 gay the gay mobster. He was a terrible actor. I forgot his name. Vito. But like Paulie Walnuts and Michael Imperial, like yes, those guys kind of saved it. But there was a lot of bad acting in that show. Do you think that there's? I I feel like there's probably still plenty of shows and movies that have shitty acting, but we're just not watching them because we have access to anything we want. So we're not like forced to watch whatever's on TBS or yeah. HBO if we were lucky enough to have that when we were kids. So I yeah. I mean I agree though. I mean it just seems like prestige TV is and movies are like at another level these days, but still a lot of shitty acting out there. That's true. But I mean even like you know not to keep hammering this point home, but we watched um Bullet Train recently. Great movie. And, and that was another one top to bottom where like Yo, these characters are like, yeah, okay, Brad Pitt is awesome, but like the two English uh hitmen. Yeah, like, the brought the brothers. Yeah, stole the show. Like so you know, good. You know, everybody top to bottom in that movie, and it's like a throwaway movie almost. Yeah, movie like the movie itself is stupid, but the acting was so good and the action and like the cinematography was so good that it made that movie good. Yeah. Yeah. What's Robbie. his name? Brian Tyree Henry uh, in Bullet Train. He's so good in Atlanta. I don't know if you've ever seen Atlanta, but he's he's a great actor. Yeah. Did I see Bullet Train? I watched Bullet Train maybe 86 times on my flight home from the Philippines, <laughs> looking over it, <laughs> looking over the guy re-watching it every single... Just kept on re-watching Bullet Train, and I was looking at Bullet Train for like 17 hours after I watched... Um, <laughs> Don't look whatever the fuck that movie is. I just want to act uh, everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Did you like that movie, Robbie? Loved it. All right. Benny. Almost turned it almost turned it off, but thank God I didn't. I liked it too. Like it took a minute Same. to get to get rolling. Um, but I enjoyed it a lot. Like I that's you know, we I, I think we've talked about it, but I hate watching trailers and I hate finding out what a movie is about because I love going into something. <clears throat> with no expectations and and being surprised along the way and that I saw nothing about that movie I had no idea what it was going to be and it just blew my you know my balls off my proverbial plum <laughs> that's why the I don't know if either of you have you seen the matrix either one of you yeah yeah okay when we when that came out in theaters we didn't know what the fuck that was going to be and it absolutely blew my plums off like <laughs> Maybe I don't know if my plums have been blown off like that since that movie, but going into the theater, just being like, ah, oh, some action movie with Keanu Reeves, great, okay, and yeah. then walking out of there, holy shit, what a film movie! Yeah, did did we want to talk about, um, Benny? How'd you like Ted Lasso's series finale, season finale? I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I felt like, you know, I, I know the season got a lot of criticism and I could definitely understand the points of it. Um, there were times where I feel like it was kind of meandering and, you know, losing their way. But there were a lot of times in Ted Lasso where I'd get like 10, 15 minutes into an episode and be like, oof, this ain't it. And then by the time <laughs> the episode, by the time the episode ended, I was like, nice. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like oh man I another want, hit yeah yeah like i want 10 15 minutes more of this um yeah. but i think you know a lot of what you guys were saying on going gray is the way i feel like it, it was a nice palate cleanse a lot of the time it was nice to have like a a truly feel-good story i like that they didn't 
I like the way a lot of the characters wrapped up, uh, especially like Keely and Rebecca. I'm, I'm happy that Rebecca got like a true, real happy ending. Mm-hmm. I, I I loved, you know, the the episode where she meets the Dutch guy. Loved it. Um, and I love that, you know, even as improbable as, as it is to, to meet him again at the end. Um, I, I love that for her. But I feel like that was, you know, the payoff of the the psychic, you know, where like not, you know, fate, you know, you, you know, she, not necessarily everything that she said was true or happened the way she interpreted the signs. But she did like have like a fate moment. Um I wanted Ted to stay, obviously, but I knew yeah. that that was the right choice for the character. Um, hate the wife. She's the worst. The worst stinks. Stinks. <laughs> but but uh, no, I was happy with it. I, you know, I, it might be hard to some... be married to Ted. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, you guys are talking about spinoffs, too. I don't know if I want one. Yeah, I don't know either. I think they're going to they're going to do one, but. Yeah. It's so popular. You don't think Apple's going to be like, we'll give you a fucking blank check to do this show. 100% because Apple, Apple doesn't have that many things and they'd rather roll the dice and because people are going to watch it, whether it's good or not. Yep. So I, I think they'll throw money at it, but I don't know. Can I have a hot take real quick? Please. Yeah. This might be scorching. This might get me canceled. Um, I can't stand Ted's son. Why? <laughs> I just don't like him. He's a kid. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes I don't like kids. And I don't like Ted's son. <laughs> That's fair. They could have cast him. They could have cast him. Entitled to your own opinion. They could have cast him as a young Matt Damon. Yeah, he, he, again, his acting too was like uh he almost came off like a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, he was uh yeah, he kind of, I don't know, something about him just really irked the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so rare to get like really good kid actors. So when it happens, you're just like, holy shit. Nice. Tell that to Full House, though. They knocked out of the park with like six of them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, Home Alone 1 and 2, please. Yeah. Macaulay. <laughs> we're, a big Culkin, we're a big Culkin podcast. Yeah, it's a Culkin oh, big Culkin podcast. <laughs> um, so nice tangents. I loved it. Um, should we wrap it up? What do you think? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Yeah, let's put a bow on it. Uh, for everyone that's still with us, thank you for listening. Um, the Again, the plan is to do episodes like this. So if you want us three dopes to talk for 90 minutes about your favorite movie, please send us an email. LTBWpodcast yes. at gmail.com. Did it. Um, you know, vote. Follow us on Instagram. We're gonna put up votes with a couple movies um, that you know we were suggested. And uh, I don't know. Send us an email. Just let us know. Even if you, even if you don't give us a suggestion, tell us what we missed on Almost Famous or any other movies that we do. Um, and uh, I think that's it. Anyone else want to say anything? I like. I love this app. It was fun. Agree. Yeah. I. I. Pleasantly, pleasantly surprised with this episode, how it turned out. I'm happy that we kind of went this route because I'm happy I saw this movie. I don't think I ever would have seen it if it wasn't for this show. And I'm glad I did because I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Like I said, yeah. will I watch it again? Maybe if I had a little bean over and I want to impress it. But other than that, who knows? It's definitely a good 
snuggle with your partner type of movie. Yeah, and play the old find and find the popcorn trick. You better, you better watch out though; she doesn't get eyes for Billy Kudrup. That's my man. Tell I'm telling <laughs> you. Find somebody else. I thought it was. Is it? I thought it was pronounced crude up. Maybe it is. I, I, this is like literally my introduction to him. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, I'm Billy. I know you're listening. Give us a call. Let us know how I'm supposed to tell your name. Say your uh, name. Billy, my right. second, my second favorite, Doctor Manhattan. Oh wait, you watched Watchmen? Yeah, the movie and the show. Yeah. Oh, you're the best. But the show, <laughs> I like. I like the show better. The sh- the show is they're both one up there as one of my favorites. Yeah. Um. So, Doctor Manhattan, please tell the audience good night. Good night, Penny Lane. Hopefully, in Morocco, never to be seen again. <laughs> <laughs> good night, William. You sexual deviant. <laughs> Hey, that was thrust upon him, not his choice.